Welcome, friends. I'm happy that you're joining me again on the How to Life podcast. I'm Dr. Laura Jagged, and right now you're listening to episode 66. We're shifting gears a bit and talking about how our health and body and how strength training is actually the best thing you can do to keep your body from breaking down as you get older. My guest today is Chris Tiley, a physiotherapist based in Birmingham, England, and he is a big proponent of helping people, particularly those over 60 years of age, regain their strength and mobility. As the founder of Never Too Old to Lift, he's passionate about introducing strength training to those who never thought that they could do it. Don't think this episode isn't for you, though. Strength training is for everyone. Over 60, in your 20s, the non-athlete, the fit, the couch potato. No matter where you are physically, you can improve your strength, mobility, and health by lifting some heavy stuff. In a controlled and gradual way, of course. Chris and I are here to encourage you and give you a little foundation and proof of why it works and why you can absolutely benefit too. Hi, Chris Tiley. Thanks so much for being on the How to Life podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. We're addressing a different audience this week. Usually I talk to the younger group. Today we're talking to the older group above 60s, but this information applies to anybody. It's just our focus is to... Talk to this this group that just because they have advanced in age doesn't mean that their body's breaking down. Your business is called Never Too Old to Lift. Yes, that's right. Oh, the questions are already starting. You know, Chris, before we start, please introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about you. Yes, I'm Chris. I'm a physiotherapist in the UK, in Birmingham. Uh, I've worked in several settings. Um, that's from hospitals to sports teams. And now I've kind of settled into private practice. So primarily now I'm seeing people with longstanding back pain and everything up until a kind of acute injuries, whether that's through sport or a, a slip or a trip. Through everything I've done, I've kind of developed a particular passion for introducing strength training to people who never thought they could do it. And, and primarily that is with people over the age of 60. and yeah, really rewarding. And it, it's it's great because a lot of people, like I say, never thought they could. And then to be see them being able to, to, to lift the weights and more importantly, being able to do all the activities they want to do because of it, it's, it's great. Now, it's interesting. A lot of people, when they get to their 60s, they don't even consider strength training as a possibility. So talk about that. Older people can strength train. Yeah, definitely. It's, I'm not going to lie, things take maybe a little bit longer and we have to start a little bit slower. The body might not adapt in the same way that it did when we were 20. But yes, anyone can strength train and there's always a starting point that we can fall back to as well. Just because you can't start the exercise that's recommended to you doesn't mean you leave that one out and just work on the others. There's always ways of, of bringing it back. And, and I'm not knocking things like yoga, Pilates, swimming and cycling, but it's a thing that people tend to fall back to because they think they're safe and they're brilliant forms of exercise. And I'm not saying not to do those things, but strength is, is one of the things that's lacking. And, and actually the lack of strength has been shown to lead on to several other conditions that can then cause problems later on by, so by kind of nip it in the bud early, you can, you can prolong that from being an issue. That's where the myth comes in. There is a myth Mm. about age and there are friends that I have 
that just automatically assume that as they advanced in age, things are going to break down. That is the reason they have pain. And you'll hear them just sort of flippantly say, oh, well, old age sucks or, oh, I'm just getting old. Where does that myth come from? I don't know what quite where the, the myth comes from, but I think it's fear. People's fear that they're going to, if they've already started to have a little bit of an ache or a, a bit of a niggle, that they're going to find that if they do something too strenuous, they're going to make that worse. So they then take it easy, do the, the low impact exercises, as we've already discussed, right. and then the strength declines further. And then that puts more stress on on various joints, which might make them more angry and sensitive. And and yeah, it's exactly the opposite. It's, it's building the strength tends to protect the body from lack of strength. So this is my field also. I was a chiropractor for 28 years mm, and, I, and I saw this. And I think that the myth happens is when you don't do something for a long time, your body just forgets how to do that. So if you go and play baseball when you're 45 and you haven't done it since college and you go out because you remember how you used to play, but your body has not conditioned to mm. keep up that level of intensity. And that's where injury occurs. So people think, oh, I just got old. This is what happens when you get older. But really what has happened is you just haven't done anything for so long. When you're young, yes, there is more elasticity. There is more ability to recover when you're younger. However, as a young person, you're usually active. As a child, you're active. You're playing, you're running. It's when you get older and you go to a day job, a desk job, and you're sitting for hours a day, not conditioning those muscles. Then when you go out and try to do something strenuous, even like a hike, you're paying for it the next day. I think that's where the myth comes in. What do you think about that? Definitely. There's a term that I use quite a lot called uh, load tolerance. So it's the different parts of the body have got a particular tolerance to the loads. So that might be uh, impact or the stresses and strains we put through the body. And if we put too much of a load through the body and we exceed what we can currently tolerate, the body fights back and, and becomes angry and sensitive. It, it may not necessarily damage anything. But I also liken it to a runner that wants to run a marathon is if they've only ever run 10 miles and they do that regularly, their body is conditioned to run 10 miles. So if they run 26 without training for it, their body doesn't know how to react to that. So it reacts and becomes painful. And again, nothing may be damaged. It's just it's going to take a while to settle. Whereas if they push their weekly mileage by about 10% each week, the body responds and it adapts to that gradually increasing load and we can eventually get to the point where you run 26 and you might have your usual aches in the muscles the next day but your body's reacted well to it the same thing applies to weights we've got to take it slow to begin with if we've not done weights in a long time then you've got to start slow gradually build it up and uh, and then you can start to think about lifting your body weight off the floor which i think is feasible for most people why weights why strength training how is that helpful to reverse aging with aging the big things that i tend to kind of focus on with the, the age-related conditions are sarcopenia which means muscle loss with age so from the age of 30 it accelerates from the age of 50 we lose we lose muscle mass um, and muscle strength and it's a bit like the tolerance we talked about there's a kind of a threshold that Whilst you've got all the strength your muscles have, you can do all the things you want to do. But as you lose the strength, one day it might be you can't play the sports you like to play, so tennis, then you might find golf, and then you might find stairs become difficult, and then 
at getting out of chair. So by building the strength in, we we delay that happening. But not only can we delay it, we can actually reverse it and you can actually build up some of the strength that you've lost. So you have to keep those muscles employed. You just keep mm. them moving. Exactly that. And they will continue to work for you no matter how old you get. Yeah, yeah. It becomes harder the older you do get, but the quicker you start, and this is relevant for your younger audience as well. But yeah, you want to keep the muscles working um, as much as you can to not only delay things like the sarcopenia, the other one's osteopenia, which develops to osteoporosis, which is where the bone loses its density. And bones react to weight bearing with load. So having weight through the bones with some additional load is one of the ways you can build the density back into the bones. But they also tend to be the things that people who have got osteopenia and osteoporosis are scared of doing because if you exceed it too much, then you could cause a fracture. And that's where the fear comes in that we've talked about earlier. But in your experience, you have seen that with a controlled and deliberate regimen, you can work through that. Yes. And I'm not sure if it's a UK based or whether it's the international based but the uh, i forget the, the name now one of the societies for uh, osteoporosis their recommendation is start building a weight bearing with load and start building impact into your routine but as we've talked about before you've got to start gradually start small and build it up slowly right. uh, allow your body time to adapt have you seen improvement in your own practice with people with this condition yes yeah it's people's ability to function not only with the exercises we're working on, but more so of confidence to play with the grandchildren and spend time in the garden. For example, one of the, the ladies I treat, she found that she had spent the last two years paying someone to trim her, her hedges. And then after a year of, of working with me and doing strength training, group building up gradually, last summer, she said she did the hedges for the first time herself in one sitting without taking a break. And that's something she never thought she'd do again. What sort of regime did you put her through? What sort of exercises and training does she do? So resistance training or strength training, it just really refers to training with some external resistance. Um, For some people, body weight is enough to get started. Um, But for a lot of people, that's not kind of sufficient intensity to to have strength as an outcome of of the exercise. There's generally seven functional movement patterns that we we look at within strength training that kind of mimic what we do on a day-to-day basis. So quickly, one of them's a squats, which is a basically action of sitting down, uh, standing up from a chair. Then there's the hip hinge, which is where you bend at the waist. So you might bend to pick something up. Uh, there's a lunge, uh, which I think most people are familiar with. So if you're in sport, even I've got a 15-month-old, and if I want to pick him up, I've got to keep my body upright, so I tend to pick a, a kind of lunge-type stance. Then you've got push. You might push something away from you or push yourself away from something like a push-up, um, pull, uh, which is the opposite of push. And then you've got rotation and walking exercises. So you might carry a load in one arm, like like carrying a, a watering can, or both arms, like you're pushing a wheel a wheelbarrow. Mm-hmm. So with the programs you tend to pick some of those exercises and then start to add some resistance to them and then gradually build that resistance up so she was doing two sessions a week one with me one her own and then gradually progressing those over time 
you are putting the body through those motions. You are basically laying the pattern and creating the habit Mm -hmm. so that the brain knows what muscles need to fire in order to achieve those movements. You mentioned resistance training and strength training. Will you define that? What's the difference between the two? There isn't really a difference. The terms are used interchangeably, really. The main three outcomes that you can get, depending on the number of repetitions that you work at, is strength, hypertrophy, which is you build size of the muscles. And the last one is endurance. So primarily, I focus on the strength side of things because it's the lack of strength that causes some of those conditions or is a contributing factor to some of the conditions that we've talked about already. Yeah, I just Um, wanted to clarify because I think many people think when strength, you're thinking of bodybuilders getting in on the the barbells and lifting heavy weights, whereas mm. resistance, you're using rubber bands. But essentially, you are building muscle in both ways. Oh, definitely. If you look at several different types of, of athlete, maybe, and you say, look at bodybuilders, but then you look at gymnasts and then you look at swimmers you would all say they all look strong you don't have to look like a bodybuilder to look look strong um and you don't even have to look like an athlete to be strong um and strong again is a relative it's for what you need to be able to do in your life are you strong enough to do all those activities and the reason i put people through those functional movements is that at some point in your life you're going to do them accidentally whether that's lifting a heavy plant pot or whether that is moving house and lifting boxes is your body's going to do it at some point. And if you haven't prepared your body for it, that's when we could start to get the aches and pains. Why is strength training essential? And why is cardio not good enough? Um, and once again, I'm, I'm all for cardio based exercises as well. Um, if you look at most of the physical activity guidelines, They recommend two sessions of muscle strengthening activities per week. So cardio is great for just your general cardiovascular fitness, um, but it's not hitting the strength side of things. You won't get stronger from doing cardio-based exercises. Mm -hmm. You kind of need to push the muscles to a particular intensity to get strength as an outcome. And again, strength is not strength just for the purpose of being strong. It's also to improve your function, especially in the age range that you work with and that we're sort of addressing in this episode. You need to move your body through the movements of what you want to do, whether it's trimming your hedges or working in your garden or walking Mm -hmm. upstairs. Yes. Yep. What does one need to start strength training? So to start with, before you even think about equipment or anything like that, you need to know and have explored your why. What do you want to get out of strength training? What is it you're struggling with? Is there any area of life that you'd like to improve? Or is there anything you've given up in the past that actually you'd like to get back to? Um, And then from there, you can create some goals. Um, Ideally, you could maybe put a time frame on when you'd like to achieve them by. Um, and you could create some step-by-step goals. So not just a long-term one, it's just some interim goals in the, in the, the time. And then from those goals and your motivations, you can create a bit of a plan. And I think the most important thing is having a plan to start with, because I see a lot of people think, right, I'm going to get started, step into the gym, they have a look at the equipment, go and do a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and they step out and they haven't really because they're not moving towards a goal and they haven't got a plan. And then it's not long before they give up. Because a lot of people have fear, you know, they work out and they feel a little bit of pain and soreness the next day. And they may think, 
well, this is bad. Pain is bad. Now there's a difference between discomfort or muscle ache and actual pain. And I'm telling you, you will know the difference. You will innately know when it's bad. So I would encourage everyone to trust yourself. A little bit of muscle soreness, it means you're alive. It means it's working. It means you're doing something towards improvement. So don't shy away from that. Definitely. There's some people that are disappointed if they don't get the soreness afterwards. Um, (laughs) I think another thing that slows people down is they don't see instant results. Mm -hmm. But when you're creating something new, anything, it takes a little bit of time. And if you have those short-term goals, like just showing up to do your work, you Mm. succeeded. And the results you want to see are inevitable if you continue with it. Definitely. How do people stay motivated? What are some tips or advice you give to your clients to keep them motivated? Um, I think it's a little bit like you said, you focus on all the, the small wins. Um, you might not necessarily notice the big goals happening straight away, but if you've created the, the smaller goals along the way, you can kind of tick them off as they happen. You can also see how other people notice you and how, what your confidence like. And some people, it's they might be taking medications for things like diabetes and they might notice that the amount of medication they're taking is is less than they needed yeah. six months before and yeah it's not just focus on what you're doing in the gym it's how it's affecting life outside the gym and I think that's the biggest thing what I've seen in my own practice as a chiropractor is that the body can recover and regenerate from virtually anything you know you'll you'll hear the the miracle story but it's not really a miracle. There's a lot of mindset that goes into it. The body can recover if we kind of get out of the way of it, stop worrying about it. And it doesn't matter how far gone it is. I've seen people who are on the verge of back surgery who decided at the last minute they're not going to do the surgery just yet. They're going to go in and recover on their own. And they make a goal. They make an intention. They do the work. They do it mm-hmm. properly and they save themselves the surgery. Oh, definitely. And I see the same story as well. Is Again, society, I think, is it's conditioned everyone to want the quick quick fixes yeah. and the quick wins. And there's no pill that will, will give you the benefits that strength training will. I want to know some of the success stories that you've seen in your own practice to give whoever's listening some encouragement. I have a little series on the blog called the, the Lifter for Life series. You'll see it on the recent blog post. One of the most recent ones was fantastic. They call her Super Sue in her in her gym. Unfortunately, she she lost her husband at age seventy two, and she cared a lot for him leading up to that point. And she kind of neglected her own health. And she was saying that she realised afterwards that she really struggled to walk even a few houses down before she got out of breath. And she's had she's got three sons, and she decided she didn't want them to lose her through something that she could have prevented or, or changed herself. Uh, she found a gym that was run by physical therapists. Um, and she's, she's in the States. Um, and it's uh, they use principles from CrossFit, uh, which tie into some of the principles that we've we talked about. And yeah, she found that she's now able to deadlift 125 pounds uh, and she weighs only 118 pounds herself. Um, and she said, uh, self-esteem wise, that was huge for her. Yeah, she says she's never felt better. Um, she's fitter than she's ever been in the past and will feel stronger than she's ever been. And, and that's yeah. starting at age 72 and mm. going from not even being able to walk down the street to being able to deadlift 125 pounds at yep. an advanced age. 
that's remarkable. And she's not special. She just decided that this is what she was going to do. And she did the work and built up gradually. Mm -hmm. And now she is feeling the results and the benefits of all of that work. It can happen for anybody, no matter how far gone you are. Yeah. And there's another one, Susan, who she decided to make a change. She had type two diabetes. Um, she felt overweight. She didn't feel good about herself. And, uh, yeah, she decided to to start and she lost 40 pounds of, of fat. Um, she dropped her body fat percentage by 10%. Her insulin, she was taking 40, so four zero units per day, and she's dropped that to 14, so one four. And she said she finally had some self-respect and self-esteem. And uh, again, she she loves hiking and she's managed to go on long, long hikes. And Can you lose that much weight from weightlifting alone or do you need to incorporate some sort of uh, cardiovascular exercise? Uh, uh, weightlifting is this arguably better for weight loss than cardio. Um, the stronger muscles and the bigger muscles you have require more energy uh, at rest to keep them strong. So you tend to have a, a higher metabolic rate ah. at rest than if you didn't have the strong muscles. So cardio kind of gives you a bigger peak at the time, but then it doesn't necessarily affect your resting rate. So a mix of two is probably ideal. Um, of course, and diet as well. It's never one thing. Well, Chris, you have a course that you talked about. Tell us a little bit about you and what you offer. The best place to find me is nevertooldtolift.com. There's a few different O's in the different twos. So you imagine put the link in the show notes. The easiest place to get started, I've got a, a free kind of goal planner and workout template. So it just goes through a few questions to think about why you want to do it and um, and what your goals might be. And also what your barriers might be. What are the things that will stop you? So if you've got equipment, as if you store it in a cupboard, will that seem like hassle? Will you need to get it out? Or if you, you don't have to go to a gym because some people don't like the thought of people judging them, which I'll add a little side note, that doesn't happen. People are often just too focused in what they're doing to think about what you're doing. And gym staff are more than happy to help. I've, I've worked in a gym before and I sat there bored, hoping that someone had asked me a question so I could go and help them. So yeah, they're more than happy to help after time. So yeah, so the the goal planner will then also then guide you through creating a little bit of a workout from those seven functional movements that uh, we talked about um, and just give you a little template that you can create from from there so that's the, the easiest place you can have a look and then i've got also got an ebook that if you're a little bit more serious it will go into creating a, your first 12 week plan so it will start you small uh with a smaller weight with higher number of repetitions and then gradually guide you through how to get to the bigger weights if you kind of watch this space there'll be a, an online course that will just guide you through the same principles as the ebook and help you get that first 12 week plan Go By ahead. the way, the ebook is very entertaining. It's very colorful. It's really well put together, Chris. Thank you. Very impressed yeah. by it. And it's very easy to follow. So take a look at that as well. Uh, it's a good precursor to the course. And the first two chapters are for anyone who wants to, to take a look first to see if it's something that they could follow. Um, I'm going to have all of that in the show notes as well. What I want them to gain from this show is that you're never too old to lift. Weightlifting is not dangerous. You do need to make preparations to do it properly and safely, but it's only going to add to your health and your life. Yep, definitely. You don't have to wait to start. You don't have to wait till you're struggling or you're starting to notice pains. Starting now is the best thing to do. Chris, thanks so much for being on this show and giving over this information. 
Yep. No, thank you for having me. And it's, it's great to be just able to share the message to some more people. And uh, even if I inspire just one person to take action, that'll be enough. Thanks a lot, Chris. If you feel like you're ready to start improving your strength, balance, mobility, go to nevertooldtolift.com and get the freebies there to help you get started. Again, the ebook is really, really good as well. And the first two chapters are free. So I really recommend you take a look at that too. The site also has great articles and recommendations for equipment, clothing, shoes, and books. The direct link will be in my show notes, which can be found at howtolife.com slash 066. I have some other podcasts related to your body health and nutrition. Check out episode 21, the Out of the Box Guide to Fitness. Andrew Takata talks about how fitness is within everyone's reach. Episode 13 talks about fat, fitness, and food with personal trainers Tim and Judy Avalos. And in episode 31, registered dietitian David Orozco talks about intuitive eating and what he calls the anti-diet. I'd like to invite you to follow me on Instagram at laurajagged underscore howtolife or Facebook at laurajagged. Also, please check out all the mominars that I have on my YouTube channel, How to Life, and subscribe as I put one out every week. Oh, and please subscribe to this podcast as well. That is all for today, friends. I thank you very much for spending this time with me. I will meet you here again next week. Until then, have a beautiful day and a fantastic week. Be well. Have fun. You got this. (laughs) 